Welcome back to Nerdery and Nonsense of the Nerds with Accents Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe, aka that dude from VI, aka Young Iro. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Make sure you guys show us some love by following, subscribing, rating, and telling a friend to tell a friend. Uh, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and you would just hit the heart to follow on Spotify. Today, as always, I have my guy, my co-host, JG. Uh, with me, we had a, another great conversation, man. We talked about Rachel in Tower of God and her immense betrayal. We talk about JG versus the Coons, <laughs> uh, Fire Force, rewatching old series, some of uh, The Last of Us Part 2, and some good old absurd nerdery, man. So we had an excellent show for you guys. Had a lot of fun making it and even listen, listening back to it. So uh, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy. My guy, JG, how goes it? It's going well, man. Just uh, protecting my peace, protecting my home, protecting my trash. Because the <laughs> raccoons out there, bro. Oh, so you're there fighting them coons, huh? Yeah, man. You know, they don't have any fear in their heart, dude. You know, I go out there, I turn on the light. I look downstairs and they're just looking at me like they live here, too. I'm like, get out of here, man. Get out of here. They just climb the fence, take their time, right. climb down, and keep it chucking, man. They don't, they don't respect your boy. You know, I really gotta show these coons what time it is. These raccoons, man. And one day I'm gonna make a hat out of one of these clowns, man. You know, I want one of those raccoon hats. Yeah, yeah those are nice, bro. Next winter, <laughs> what? <laughs> so you must be out here with a raccoon hat. With a raccoon hat and a shirling coat, bro. Man, I see that. That's how I know you're a real baller, bro. If you use a shirling coat, I don't know what that is, man. You know, I Lansky. shop at Wal- I shop at Walmart. I don't know about these fancy <laughs> rich man things, man. That's why I shop at. Shoot. I don't know. Every now and then, maybe Target. You all heard about shirling coats? All right, man. I see you. I mean, I get you. You on a different level. Yeah, man. Got to be. Yeah, just gotta find a different way to reposition the trash cans because they will tear up the trash. Then I got pawn gloves and put it all back in a bag. To make it neat, you know, it's ridiculous. I know? mean, I love how you know, whatever we come on here before we get into the nonsense, you have some like <laughs> some type of like real life manly dispute, you know what I mean? Like, you're out here <laughs> walking in the yard, fighting off wildlife, you know. And me, I just here chilling, you know what I mean? Like, drinking some I tea, know. bro. The I love tea, the man. Drink. You yeah, always man. got some tea. Call me young Iro, bro. You know, I get that tea on me, bro. It's not always Jasmine, but I got it, bro. Word. So I just love that man. You you were there working hard. I've been here chilling, you know, in the AAC. I just love that, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my god. But yeah, man. Before we get into what we care about, um, I was on Twitter, man, and I was just noticing like all of the nonsense that's going on. Like obviously the U.S. like you know black people in the U.S. are fed up. You know, been fed up, been talking about so many different things, and now it's kind of, you know, basically, you know. Uh, black creators are trying to get their voices heard and it's leading to brands and companies and even like white actors and voice actors realizing, you know, they're, they kind of been in the way of progress in terms of getting more people of color in roles. So lately you've been having like voice actors giving up roles. So I guess their black colleagues can like slide in and, you know, be able to work and specifically if it's like a black character or like a, a character of color that's being portrayed. And 
obviously like it's a good thing you know i'm not upset about it or anything but i just found it so funny because it's like people in the u.s like like black people are really just asking like hey we just want some equality let's have some accountability for the people in power and we want to live our lives and everybody's like yeah we're gonna stop we're, we're gonna stop playing the cleveland cleveland's not gonna stop being played by a white voice he's gonna step <laughs> aside are you happy blacks <laughs> Thanks for the like, reparations. Yeah. <laughs> Very impactful. Thank you. Yeah, man. So I, I mean, I mean, I get it. Like everybody helps differently. So I really, I'm not even mad at some of these actors because they're trying to help. You know, even in their little ways. But it's just so funny, man. They're like, you know what, guys? We get it. You guys are upset. We're gonna fix Aunt Jemima. We <laughs> we have been tripping blacks. <laughs> you know, you know. What I mean? Here's a rule. Oh, the rapper. God tell you like that shit is hilarious bro so they, they fix it on jemima uh fixing uncle ben the guy from cleveland stepped down he said i'm stepping down after voice in cleveland for 20 years and oh man so like that shit just had me laughing bro i, I, well, I get it but that shit is still funny to me man yeah. funny wall we live in it i don't know if you have if you saw the video about this um the investigative journalist a Caucasian male, and he was talking to the cop, but he was talking to him in such an authoritative way. He was like, um, have you been drinking today? Um, you had any drinks? Are you got any drugs on you? Right. He's like, what, what type of questions are you asking me? He's like, hey, 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 I'm asking the questions here. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, he just started cussing at him, and he was not harmed at all, man. It just goes to show you the difference, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, right, right. But that's one of the funniest videos of 2020, though, man. That investigative journalist cussing right. out the cop, man. <laughs> it is hilarious. He, he said, does he always drink on the job like this? <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, I'd be watching you. You are now under investigation. <laughs> he was going back and forth with a police officer, like, asking him questions. He was like, will you submit a breathalyzer test to me right now? Like, listen, gotta watch that video. Go and find it wherever. <laughs> I'm gonna have to fight it, man. Maybe next week or another time we like throw it in. So the people, the listeners can hear it, man. But you know what I mean? Like it's stuff like that like brings me joy, man. In the midst of all of this foolishness, you know? So that was that was funny. But yeah, man, before that, I just wanted to touch on that before we, we move on to your regularly regularly scheduled nerdery, you know. But the man, that shit that making me laugh, bros. But Anyways, man, time for what we care about in nerdery, man. We're going to talk about, you know what I want to start off with, man. I'm just going to say it real fast and all the listeners and anime lovers should understand, you know, with this one word. Rachel. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. So we, y'all are we talking about Tower of God. I was hearing crazy things. People were just so mad at Rachel. Um, which is basically the character Bam has been following to the Tower of God. She he loves her so much. And I, I was like, why the nerds? Why the nerds so riled up about Rachel, bro? What happened? So even my boy Sean, who was on an episode, I think it was like episode four, yeah, four. My guy Sean was on, and he was even talking about. It. He was like, yo, you got to get back in, you know. So i decided to jump back in even though i decided even though previously i was like yeah i'm done with tower of god i didn't like how they basically uh handicapped rachel and basically took away like her ability to climb the tower by herself so i was kind of off of it to tell you guys the truth but 
damn it, they pulled me back in, man. So if you ha- if you're not caught up on Tower of God, you have like a couple of seconds to spoil some shit. Um, and then you know maybe just skip like five minutes or so, and maybe we'll be on to the next topic. But you have been forewarned. So before I, I go, I go ahead, man. You're up to date as well, right? Well, what did you think of the last couple episodes of Tower of God? Because I am back on board, my guy. So you're back on board, meaning whatever I say will not spoil anything for you. Yeah, I'm up to date. I watched all of the episodes before we we, we got on this here pod. So I'm good to go. Okay. Rachel betrayed Bam. And no one saw it coming. It was the most absurd, shocking thing we've seen in this show so far. This man, Bam, has zero self-worth. His whole deal is Rachel. That's it. Rachel. That's he don't care about his own life, his own blood, spilling, nothing. As long as Rachel is safe, he's good. And she's right. been cold towards him for the entire show. And he's been just overly loyal and dedicated. And this woman pushes him right into the water off the ledge. And the world got silent. So, you know, the show has been progressing and the, you know, they've been uh showing some different abilities. You know, bam. He uh, is using something called Shinsu. If you're an anime head, an anime fan, you already know almost every anime, every every anime based on a character training with abilities, they have some sort of energy concept. So right. Yu Yu Hakusho has spirit energy. Uh, Naruto has chakras. Bleach has Riatsu. Hunter x Hunter has Nen. Well, Tower God has Shinsu. And it's different than the others because it's actually water-based. It actually is based on, like, one element. It seems to be, you know, it's like water. And they can actually summon divine fish and things of that nature. So there's a big significance around water when it comes to Shinsu and, you know, their their magical abilities. So Bam is an irregular, meaning that uh, he wasn't chosen to climb the tower. He just got in some way, somehow on his own. And those people, they can use Shinsu whatever they, however they want, whenever they want, to whatever magnitude and scale without being regulated. So that's actually one reason, you know, he, they're trying to get rid of him. They're trying to kill him. One, you know, one of the assassins in the show, they said he said that he cannot allow Bam to live. So um, they've been trying to get rid of Bam because a lot of uh, people fear regulars in the tower. So, I mean, my theory is, this is just a theory. This this is not spoiling anything, you know. This is this could be complete nonsense. Rachel, who all of a sudden they were doing a test, and this is kind of hard to explain because Tower God is kind of abstract, you know. The test was they were in like this net and they had to be eaten by this like giant flower thing. So they were they actually passed the test. They, they you know they overcame a lot of hurdles and they were actually you know about to get you know sucked up into the safety area wherever they were going, and Rachel just shoved him off the ledge perfect so people are puzzled people don't understand why if they showed a little bit of rachel's background in that same episode so my theory is because she tried to climb the tower but she wasn't called either so i think she's also an irregular but But uh before you go on before you go on did you not did you watch episode 13 the very last episode when they kind of explain they kind of explain some of her background man you know what I only saw episode 12. I, I thought that was the end ah, of the season. Ah, damn. You see, I was about to spoil the shit out of you. Go ahead and tell me your theory. And I'll, I'll, 
I'll say a little bit, but I won't spoil everything about the last episode. Okay. Well, I'm gonna definitely watch that episode after we're done. Yeah. But because uh, I th- I thought episode twelve was the end of the season. But um, my theory is, well, of course we know that she made a deal to get inside the towers, but we don't know what the deal is. I think the deal was to kill Bam because Bam is more than likely, possibly, not more than likely, possibly, uh, the heir to the throne of Jihad. He's a son of Jihad, and they can't have him come there and reclaim the throne. So they killed him. That's what I think. And he actually he resembles one of the princesses, the actual real princesses of Jihad, like the, his hair, his eye color, everything. That's what I think. You know, that's a, that might be a little far-fetched, but I think it's logical. You know, you see that in I Game mean, of Thrones. You see that in all types right. of different shows. Go ahead. That that definitely that definitely could be possible. You know, um, episode thirteen don't reveal all of that, but episode thirteen, oh my god, I can't believe, I can't believe, I swear, John was already. I I had I had the full clip ready to go. Oh man. Okay, That's well this is what mistake. I'll say. Go right ahead and spoil it. It's fine. No no no, it's all good, man. I need I need you to 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 kind of. To watch it, but this is what I'll say to you guys who are caught up. The Rachel Hoss story is fucking tragic, bro. Oh my god. In episode 13, they kind of talk about what motivates her to push Bam off of ledge away from the safety, away from that safety zone where they would have passed that test and been able to get to the tower and really begin climbing, right? And the Tower of God. And I know a lot. I lot. I know a lot of nerds are upset, man. I saw some reaction videos. Um, I saw one actually from um anime lately, and his his opening, <laughs> his opening caption was really was hilarious, man. But this is what I'll say. I like literally just seeing the twist. I didn't expect it to be that particular twist, but I remember telling to. Um, I think her name is Tog Mother on Twitter, right? We were talking about Tower of God, and I keep telling her, ah, I don't really like Tower of God. It's it missing something. They clearly, like, because of how narrowly the show started, you could tell they were gonna there was gonna be a big twist because they were not giving you a lot of background information. I keep t- I keep telling her there is a twist with Rachel. That's why I have to watch this show. There's a twist. There's a twist, and I got to like episode ten, and I was just like. Oh my gosh. I swear she have a big twist. They went to paralyze the girl. Fuck this show. That's literally how <laughs> I felt about it. But the, in episode 13, they basically show how hopeless she is, how powerless she is in regards to trying to like attain her goal of climbing the Tower of God and how it motivates her to betray Bam. And I saw a lot of people were really upset at her. And I feel like after seeing episode 13, it's fucked up. But, like, I understand. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I would do it. But I understand. Like, she was in a place that she was just... She felt so powerless to achieve her goals. So she she wants to be able to do so by any means necessary, man. And it's complicated because it's like... It's like she has, like, a mixed... Mixed feelings. Like, the powerless... Powerlessness I spoke about. Powerless... Ness I spoke about, but it's also the the vast difference between who she is versus Bam. You know what I mean? And having that that like those mixed feelings of caring for somebody but also being very jealous of them 
and how that could motivate somebody, especially if that person is standing like in the way of their goals. Well, that's so, very interesting woo, because good that's writing. like a and that was a beautiful breakdown, Joel. Wonderful job. Appreciate it. That. But that's like a common theme in the show. Tragic backgrounds and them hating Bam and being jealous of Bam. <laughs> right, right. You saw the one character there, his whole clan was destroyed. And he, he couldn't use Shinsu for, for anything. And Bam was just naturally doing it. And he died, he killed himself, and he said, I hate you, Bam. So that's maybe that <laughs> foreshadowed that whole thing. You know, exactly. that's like a yep. common theme in this show. Yep. So, you know, hopefully we get to see Bam um develop as a character and gain some self worth and uh create his own motivations for time, you know, climbing the tower that don't rely on something outside of himself. So right. we'll see. Yeah, like that's the thing, man. I I I know there was something about this show because I was always on the fence and now I am I'm firmly in man. I'm a Tower of God fan. I'm gonna say it loud and proud, right? But like this kind of leads me to another discussion I kind of wanted to have about the show now that we kind of spoiled I guess Bam's fate after episode 12 or whatever. And for a while I was I was wondering like why I liked Tower of God. Like I liked it, but I didn't know why I did. You know. Because everything is so different. Um, some some things in subtle ways and other things in obvious ways from like the regular like anime or animation show. And everything is kind of weird, but it kind of works. You know what I mean? The yeah. character designs are kind of weird, but it works. Um, the fighting, the fights are different than the way like your normal shonen or even a shoujo would draw confrontations, but it somehow works. You know, the 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 the, the the show is kind of kitty, but then it has this moment where it's so dark yeah. and it kind of works, man. So I was so, that's why I think I was so on the fence about this show. But it all kind of comes together in a unique way. And it's kind of like a, a, a fresh breath for me. You know what I mean? A breath of fresh air. And all the different motivations for all the different characters. Where For you guys who haven't watched episode 13 and JG, you know, if uh-huh. a lesser person would have spoiled him, you know, but I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm a good guy. But <laughs> but um like there what I what I realized was besides the the mix of weirdness and the uniqueness about this show is that I really like the motivations in the show. You have Rachel's motivations that's re- that's revealed in 13 which I found heartbreaking. Oh my god. Ooh. Man, heartbreaking. Yeah. Um you have Kun's motivation. Him trying to climb the tower for his own reasons because he was kind of betrayed by his clan. And there, and like John said, this show is a bit kind of vague sometimes intentionally. So you know something's going on, but it's not super clear how he was like directly betrayed. So Kuhn has that issue. Then you have Leroro, who was one of the uh, um he's one of the the test. He was a ranker, one of the test administrators. Um, not the administrator, that's a different title. One of the people who run the test. And he's trying to figure out what's going on with the administrator and why he's making these weird decisions and basically zigging when all the former tests zagged. You know, like he's conducting the test in a way that's not familiar to him. And Lirero is basically like, what is happening? He's suspicious of him. You know what I mean? Like there's so many good things. And then there's obviously the big bad in the shadows, Jihad. We don't really know what he what he's about aside from the fact that he has the princesses of jihad and he basically gives them powers but restricts them in order to like keep control of this whole system. 
but we don't really know what he wants. You know, so I say all that to say these motherfuckers got me. They got me. I'm in, and now I really appreciate We're hooked. the show, man. Yeah, they, I really appreciate it now. Not over the end of season one. I feel like I get it a little bit more. You know, I want a little bit more, but I get it, man. And also, just want to say, uh, my favorite character is Anak. You know what I mean? The little yeah. green girl. Uh, that's, yeah. the, that's my favorite character. So I like Anak. Shout out to a weapon too. Yes. Yeah. Wait, is it, is it the green? The green April. The, yes, the green April. I almost call it Green March, but no, the other one is the Black March. Right. But yeah, man. So Tower God got me, man. I was mad at them, but they got me back. I'm excited. I know they already been renewed for season two, so I'm excited to see whenever that pops up. Um. So dope, 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 dope. John, as soon as you get a chance, watch episode 13. We will be back with his update next week. So if you want to hear him talk about the greatness that is this show, make sure you guys come back. So good shit. But that was the first thing that I wanted to definitely talk about. Next up, um, my interest in Fire Force has been reignited. You know what I mean? JG has been trying to get me back on that. And he it worked. (laughs) So, um... I've been I went back to watch Fire Force and I was like, you know what? I, I, I think this is a theme, you know, I, I got off of some of these things too early and I went back and I checked them out and they're good, man. The graphics are super duper clean. As we mentioned before, these are the same artist and studio that did Soul Eater, another like classic anime. And yeah, man, a lot of things from that that type of animation and this one really just continues you know the graphics are super clean and just like the the beauty of fire it just hits different you know what i mean like it's just so aesthetically pleasing man so even though sometimes the story is really basic the animation and the art and just just having like way too much fire on the screen it just it just keeps me in man so i've been watching that and i caught up i think to like episode not all the way up but i caught up to like episode i think maybe 19 or so and i really like how they're addressing the fact that um not show i'm not show shinra is super powerful but he needs like to refine his skills because i was getting a little bit tired of him just overpowering everybody it's kind of like early naruto where there was like no skill and he just like overpowering everybody so i kind of like the fact that he's working with the beast benimaru to basically refine his skill. I, th- I think that was a big hole in the show, man. So I like that. I like how dope show. Show seems undefeatable right now. You know what I mean? He, he got on the white clad gear with the white hair. With a katana. Moving like a flash stepping like he's Biyakuya. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> beast, man. Between him and Joker and how the team is coming together for, um, I guess, Precinct 8 of the Fire Force. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm back in, man. We heavy on this anime today. Yeah, man. You know, when it first came out, I saw a few people say, well, you know, I don't like the fact that it's just based on fire. All they have is fire abilities. But when you actually watch the show and you see how creative they are with the fire abilities and someone who can use heat pressure to create illusions to make them seem like they're a totally different character. Oh, yeah. Someone who could snipe you from far away with a fire bolt. Someone who can create a plasma sword. It's, you know. It's it's amazing. It's very creative. It's very interesting. 
it's going to keep you wanting to, you know, to see newer abilities, new characters, what they could do. And um, it gets complicated real fast. You know, I can't, I haven't seen it in a while, but I was fully caught up. But, um, you know, it goes from being, you know, just a straightforward story to, you know, there's a lot more involved, it, you know, interdimensional things and all, you know, all types of stuff that has to do with the primal fire that uh, Shinra and his brother have and that connection that they have within the flames. Right. So The Adala Link. Yeah, the Adala Link. That's what it is. So I would definitely get back on that show if you uh, you're sleeping on it or if you haven't seen it before you know definitely start watching now it's right up there man you know it's the new generation it's right up there with dr stone it's right up there with demon slayer you know it's up there so check it out yeah man that's the thing i'm glad you mentioned it with the um the antagonist or whatever like i like how it's so many moving parts too because you have the fire force in and of itself has their own agenda and then you also have the the evangel the evangelist and the white cloud who are basically like the religious zealots who believe and like you said that primal fire and not just the fact that they're super powered it's getting me excited you know and obviously they're like i said they're super powered and the good guys are gonna have to get stronger in order to have like a nice fight with them so i'm excited for the action sequence sequences that are gonna come but at the same time like they have one of the hardest fits ever man like their clothes look so so cool man so just from like an aesthetics point of view this show is just killing it for me man so i'm getting caught up i know season two of fire force is coming up soon in a few weeks in july so i'm trying to get caught up so i kind of just stay in lockstep with that show so man man I, show is so so good man and lastly joker joe the joker character he had a short little kind of face off with show and it shows how it shows haha how powerful <laughs> joker is as well man so I, i'm just ready for all these these characters to come to a head you know what i mean and i, yeah. I love fight choreography i love action sequences and, and the art that's entailed in this thing so like i'm ready man this has been an excellent morning of anime for me you know what yeah. i mean like yeah, i forgot about that there's there's the fire force and their agenda there's the evangelical people and their agenda but then there's also that other little group but the, just the two dudes that we know of, the Joker guy and the other guy, I think they're involved with the insects and things of that nature that create the uh, fire demons. The um, What's the word for it again? The Infernals. The Infernals, pardon. So it, there are a lot of moving parts, and, you know, that keeps you interested. That keeps you looking, because it's not just one group versus this group. You know, Thundercats versus the goddamn evil cats, <laughs> you know, all day. You know, so right. that, that does, you know... That does add some more flavor to the show and just add different uh, dimensions. So, yeah, man, I can't wait for season two this summer, this summer, this fall. I mean, the nerdery is out of control. It's just it's crazy. Big facts, big facts, man. So so uh, that's what I've been watching. Um, and before I get to my last one, I know John wanted to talk about one of his favorite shows ever. I don't know I, about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, right, right. So, so tell us what um what have you been caring about this week, John? Well, I was on Facebook one day, and my friend shared a link, and it was about the anime Fooly Cooly, and it was talking about how Fooly Cooly, even to this day, is still a classic, still impactful, you know, whatever, something like that. Right. So you know, I've seen this, you know, recurring several times. A few years ago, they had a a sequel. 
And my one one of my friends was so excited about it. I was like, you know, what are you excited about? And um, you know, because I never really was a fan of Fully Cooley. Like many of my friends, we all like have an agreement that that show is just ridiculous. Even as a child, you know, when I was growing up watching Adult Swim, I I saw it, and even though it kept me watching, I never understood what it was about. So I you know I commented, I spoke to my friend, and he said, you know, yeah, man, you know, it's a classic, and Evangelic, Evangelica, the other one, Neon Genesis, that one, I know a lot of people love that show. He said, yeah, that's also a classic. But um, he said Evangelist was like about humanity or something of that nature. And uh, Fooly Cooly was about adolescence. Now, I'm under the impression that Fooly Cooly wasn't about any damn thing. So I'm saying <laughs> adolescence. Okay, well, I need to go back and watch the show, man. I give in. I'm done. Let me go and see what he's talking about. Let me see if my perspective has changed and if I actually enjoyed the show. And I did. I was fully entertained. It's a very entertaining show. It's very random. It's very goofy. But that's the point. You know, even though it's random and goofy, there are still little messages and jewels in there about adolescence growing up what it means to be a kid what it means to be an adult the brain how we think how we try to organize life even though you know life is more random and they show the characters dealing with their lives you know one point they're doing something serious but then another point they're just having fun and enjoying the fact that they're living and they're shooting at each other with like ear pellets in the bush or something you know right (laughs) real goofy stuff and i have to say for an older anime from the early 2000s or so, the animation is top-notch. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And they, they're very creative and experimental where they had, like, cutouts where it'll, it'll be the regular show, the regular animation, but then there's a funny scene and they look like South Park characters. Or they will cut to a scene where the characters are critiquing their performances in the actual show. Like, you really, you really shouldn't have yelled that loud. Like, that was corny. Like, and there's a show the characters sitting down in, like, a studio office. So it's it's very funny. It's very experimental. But it's also random. And it's okay. You know, the director, there's a video that I sent you, the link that breaks it down even better. And right. one of the directors was saying, at the time, he said it was there was a lot of uh, intelligent, you know, animes out there, complex animes, Ghost in the Shell, Evan- Evangelis. I I'm getting that name. I, I think it's uh, Evangelion. Evangelion, Lord, forgive me, people. Evangelion. How dare you, bro? <laughs> I know, right? People the anime blasphemy. Like, I mean, come on, though. I haven't seen it yet. I gotta watch that one next. So basically, those shows require for you to be smart to watch them. <laughs> but the director said, "Yeah, I mean, you could be smart, but sometimes it's okay to be stupid. You're not gonna know everything in life. You know, life. You know, you know, always gonna be on. You know, the same mode all the time. And that's the whole point right. of Fooly Fooly." You know how we talked about the balance in music where it's entertaining, but it's also insightful? Right. That's Fooly Cooly. It's an entertaining show that keeps you visually visually connected, visually entertained. But then there's also some little messaging in there and things that you could take from it. So, you know, I finally appreciate and understand the show. And it has one of the best ending theme songs ever. That ride on Shooting Star, I always loved that. So, man, I would say go check it out. Give it a chance. 
you know, let me know if you agree with me. See what, you know, see what you think about it. I think you're going to pick up on, you know, some of the messages real early. I have to go back and watch it because I, I feel like I still didn't get everything I needed to get. But I actually see some of the things they're trying to say now. So plus they have the sequels and I haven't seen those yet. So I need to continue and see the sequels and, you know, what, what happened to all the characters. But it was very not it was a very nostalgic, nostalgic experience because I used my Xfinity cable and I, you know, I saw it. So it actually showed me the Adult Swim, the Adult Swim and Toonami, you know, viewings of the show. It didn't show me like, you know, like a recorded show or anything. It actually showed you like you're watching, you know, Toonami back in the day. Nice. So I, was sitting, I was sitting down there watching Tom announce <laughs> the show. We're the going legend. Back, you know, the little Adult Swim scenes where they have the cool music playing and it's like a river or right. something. It, it felt beautiful. It was nostalgic. It was just wonderful. It was a great experience. So, I mean, watch Fooly Cooly, man. I think it is a classic. I think it's very experimental. I think it's a very uh, unique show. A lot of other shows could probably learn from it. It's okay to feel stupid. Check out that YouTube link and watch the breakdown on that. All credit goes to that YouTuber for his analysis of the show. Dope. I mean, I you definitely sold it, man. I, I know Fooly Cooly has been around, like you said, for a while, you know, from the early 2000s. I've definitely heard of it, but I've never really tried to you know, go in and really watch it. So you kind of saw me, man. That was an excellent pitch for it. You know what I mean? That was an excellent pitch for it. So maybe I'll go ahead and dive in. I'm already trying to ca- catch up on the other things that you've been telling me to catch up on. So it's going to go to the bottom of my list. But that's a good thing. And what I'll do as well is I will put that link in the show notes if you're curious about uh, the YouTube link he's referring to. So definitely some good stuff. Yeah, and I like this. So I'm sorry. The YouTuber's name is Mother's Basement. Mother's Basement. So I got to put it out there, you know, give him credit for a good breakdown. Go ahead, Joel. Sure. Nah, man, it's all good, man. So shout out to Mother's Basement, you know, so I'll put that link in there so you can check out uh, what that's all about. And I'm kind of, I wasn't expecting this, but I'm kind of glad about what you said about Fully Cooly because the next thing that I've been kind of caring about this week was X-Men Evolution. Which was another show that came out in the early 2000s. It ran from 2000 to 2003. And it had four seasons. And it was a show that I never gave a chance back then. Because I wasn't too crazy about the art. I was really tied to... Probably for nostalgia reasons. But I was a big fan of that. You know that that, uh, that 90s version of X-Men? With, yeah. with the, the legendary intro. I won't sing it because it's going to sound terrible. But I had, I had a VCR movie. An X Men movie on right. VCR, yeah, right. That same right. show. Not exactly like so. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, you know. <laughs> that one, right? You know, that's that's my Classic. best presentation, you know, <laughs> that version, you know. Um, but I went back and watched X Men Evolution, and I really, really enjoyed it, man. Because lately, I've been trying to get more into comic books, um, because I have, you know, like the Marvel, Marvel Universe, Marvel Unlimited. Pardon me. The subscription, I got it as a gift, and I haven't been utilizing it, so I feel like you know I really need to dive in. And X Men Evolution was like kind of like a perfect, like a nice primer for my shift more to comic books because it really does a good job of like introducing all of the X Men characters. You know, it yeah. doesn't solely focus on Wolverine like they always do and ignore everybody else like the movies did for so long. Like it does a great job of introducing Rogue and cyclops and kitty pride nightcrawler gene gray even some of the bad guys the blob avalanche toad mystique 
obviously Magneto. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it did such a good job of explaining the backgrounds properly that I, I almost missed out on it. Be- because season one was more slow because they were really giving you a good idea of who these characters are. So in season two, they could hit the ground running. And that's exactly, you know, what they did. You know, they made a really good 360 view of all of these characters in, in season one. So it was kind of like, okay, this is this person's background. This is this person's background. And you saw their powers and stuff um, a little bit. But it's not until season two where you kind of see their powers develop, the personalities develop, more serious conflicts, man. And so I'm into about midway through season two, and I'm really, really, really digging it. You know what I mean? So I definitely wanted to share that, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm going back to things that I missed. I'm trying to keep up with the new things, all of these different things. Well, that, that's also very interesting. You know, I have to say as well that uh, back in the day, you know, we when we were a little younger, we started to see a wave of newer cartoons taking over. And I also was tied to the nostalgia of the 90s and the early 2000s. I loved right. that X-Men. I loved that X-Men show, the Batman show. All of that stuff was just beautiful. Right. But um, so I kind of slept on Evolutions. I think I saw a few episodes and um, I was like, you know, I don't know about this. Right. But <laughs> I'm glad that they actually put a show out there that's dedicated to the X-Men world because the X-Men world in itself is so expansive. There's so yes. many Yeah, there's so many mutants, villains, characters involved, you know, like stories, conflicts like you said, uh messages. Just X- X-Men alone is just completely deep. You know, it's right. just a completely deep Marvel world in itself. You could make a whole litany of movies just off the X-Men alone. Right. right. And so, that's the thing too, just you saying that triggered it. Like I and I even forgot, like um beast pops up in season two i thought he was going to be in the show beast popped up in season two um saber is all over season one and uh juggernaut was all up in season one i know they're already like foreshadowing him coming back in season two it's like just like you said it's just so expansive you know there are no crossovers yet i see no spider-man i see all the other heroes but just within its own world it's so many good things and then even on, like a lighter side aside from the show just being good this is the hardest costume Wolverine ever had. Ever had. Like, he's literally, like, it's like an orange and black type the of costume. Yeah. Hard, bro. I was like, yo, this is lit. I you think know that's I mean? better so, than the yellow and blue. That's a little yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, the yellow and blue looks ridiculous, man. But this costume here is hard. And and um even shows, like, a, a, like a good version of Professor X. And it kind of shows some of his flaws in a little bit, if you're looking deeply enough. Um... But yeah, man, so this week has kind of been cool, man. Going back to the past, you yeah. know what I mean? To catch some things. To catch some things. Yeah, um, Xavier is kind of naive, you know. Magneto was right at the end. <laughs> well, that, that, that's definitely a discussion. That's definitely a discussion to, to be had. Magneto has a lot of flaws. Both of them are flawed. I just think... Right. I when think I say he key. was right, he was right about what the, what the humans felt about the mutants and what they would oh, do to okay, them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you were saying he was right in not, his approach. Not, yeah. not, in, not in his approach. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, we're going to kill them before. No, 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 no. Not that. <laughs> but, you know, him, like what he said about how the humans felt about them and what they would right. do to them in the future, he was 100% right. correct. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for Xavier sure. was thinking they could work it out, but nah. Nah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, like you said there, that's one of the weaknesses of, of Charles, you know, but 
Um, but yeah, man, so really enjoying that. And um, I want to get on my soapbox for a quick second. going to be really short. And that's something I've been doing as of late. Like, like I went back to went back to Tower of God, went back to Fire Force, and went way back to X-Men Evolution. And something I've been trying to do lately, and I think some people should do it too. I think we quit on... I know there's like so many shows, so you don't have to watch everything. But I think sometimes as watchers, we quit on shows too quickly. And we don't wait for the storytellers to give us a, the full arc. And once you see the full arc, you know what I mean? The full story, then you have a better appreciation for it. Because it's like watching half of a movie. What's the point? You know, you're not getting the whole message. You're not getting all the plot points. So I'm trying to go back and give things like their rightful due. You know what I mean? So hopefully y'all do the same, you know? Well, that was an excellent soapbox speech, man. Because that's... That's the truth. You never know how you've grown as a person and how you might see something different, you know, than you did in the past. You know, I didn't like Death Note at first. I stopped watching that after like the first couple episodes. Right. And one day I came back and revisited it and I was hooked. I love the show now. So, um, yeah, you never know, man. Give things a second chance and, you know, you might thank yourself. Damn right. You know what I mean? Like, completely agree, man. But good folks that was the last of what we cared about or what we care about in nerdery um and now it's time to move on to what intrigues us you know in the news of nerdery uh we definitely have a lot of dope things coming up i get a good bit again today man i whew, this has been a busy week i i, I had more and i had to literally cut it out because it was just too much to show it'd be like three hours you know the what i mean so world is booming Hell yeah, man. Like right now with everything that's going on with the COVID, content is content was already king. Maybe content is God now. You know what I mean? Content is like everything now. So so much news. But I tried to pick out the things that we cared about and that would be interesting. So here we go, man. First off, uh The Last of Us Part Two, man, that came out on Juneteenth, on the 19th of June this year. Is the fastest selling PS4 exclusive, man. They sold 4 million copies in three days. Wow. Across wow. PlayStation. 4, mil- <laughs> 4 million copies, man. So um, that's one of the series that I, I didn't get a chance to, to play. I didn't really get on it. Um, I wasn't a PS3 guy, so I wasn't on the wave when it dropped out. I became a PlayStation guy when the PS4 came out. So that's a game that's kind of been out that i kind of missed but it's an excellent game man and it beat out other games like it beat out final fantasy 7 man so that was at 3.5 million copies it beat out spider-man at 3.3 god of war at 3.1 and even uncharted that's been with the playstation for years now that was at 2.7 million copies sold so it's it's making me yeah man it's making me want to definitely check it out i already did but the list of things to play, watch, read, it's just getting ridiculous. But shout out to Naughty Dog, man. Last of Us Part 2 is going nuts. And even though some people are pissed because they don't like to see women be the lead characters and they don't like gay people in the games and all this foolishness. Well, take that. Take that in your ass. You know what I mean? Four man, million copies. <laughs> as long as I'm stabbing and jabbing, shooting and looting, right. you know, I don't care who's doing it. You know, exactly. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I can't exactly. wait. I love them games, man. Give me the COVID vibes, you know what I mean? The virus destroyed the world. Now you're just surviving, man. You're like in a whole different world. You know, I started playing The Division 2 again because it gave me them vibes. 
you know, but um, I, I'm going to check out Last of Us 2, man, because I saw some of those scenes where they were fighting and that stuff just looked exhilarating, right. you know. Plus, you know, she's walking through the wilderness. I like that, survive, you know, the survival games and, you know, yeah. you got your knife, you got your gun, you got your rifle. You know, right. it's just dope. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that. I might buy it. Yeah, honestly. Right. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> before before we move on, uh, I, I have a message. I have a message for all the folks who dislike this game. They dislike this game for, for, for BS reasons, man. Too damn bad, okay? Too damn bad. <laughs> I love that one. I like, love that one. Yeah, but it's one of my Play favorite shows. Like it's so it's so funny, bro. That's too damn bad. <laughs> that is too damn bad, man. The last of us. Oh my god. So just shout out to that man. So shout out to the last of us. Shout out to the to the gamers with with, with common sense, man. So that was dope. Me and JG definitely gonna work on and copying that. Uh, so shout out to that man. So, in more gaming news, uh, the Xbox Series X smart delivery feature means players will get their Xbox games on the new console for free. Microsoft confirms. So basically, it's up to the, the developer to implement the feature in the game, so it can be used even on physical titles. So basically, once they were just basically like a record that you already purchased this game on the Xbox One, if you copy your Xbox Series X, you don't have to buy it again. Just cop it. Just cop it. And you'll be able to just have that, have it downloaded onto your new Xbox Series X. So basically, that means like, say you bought like Gears 5 on the current generation of Xbox. All you have to do is push a button. On the Xbox Series X, when it's released to download the version of the title, fully updated and optimized for the new console, man. So that's right, Xbox, go. fight back, do something. <laughs> right. PS4 is kicking you behind. I'm not trying to go full nerd. I'm just saying. Right. I love my PS4. Shoot, if I could have an Xbox, I'd do that too. But right now I'm on my PS4. We got The Last of Us 2. We got all this great stuff going on. So, you know, you better have, like, five free games on their Xbox. Right. Five free games, five different (laughs) Yeah, man. So, Xbox is fighting back with this feature. They're fighting back with Game Pass. That's so popular. That allows you to play so many damn games for for nearly free. So, for all you PS4 people out there, or PS5, I should say, Xbox Series X and Microsoft, they're fighting back, man. So, that was a cool feature I just wanted to kind of make people aware of, man. Also... Uh, going from the PS4 to the Xbox and now to the Switch. Uh, get ready to swim and dive in Animal Crossing New Horizons with a free summer update. As you guys already know, me and JG, we rock with Animal Crossing heavy. And yeah, man, now they have an update. You can actually like swim and dive. It's going to make excellent for everybody who likes to collect the different species, more fish, more sea creatures all of that stuff so the update is coming on july 3rd which is coincidentally usvi emancipation day so shout out to that as well um and also sean's birthday shout out to sean my guy (laughs) so yeah man so they're introducing new activities like swimming diving um it'll it'll even let uh, a new visitor as well as a new visitor and pirate life edition um for for gulliver 
Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, man. So dope. New recipes, new swimming and diving. Um, I'm excited, bro. Cause my fa- as you know, my favorite part of the game is just fishing, collecting Collect. bugs and all that. So that's my favorite part of the game. My island looks like trash, but it's okay because my collection <laughs> is dope. You know? <laughs> so Yeah. I'm yeah, so man. excited because I was l- literally thinking about this last week. I was playing. I'm like, why the hell they don't let us in the water? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then, boom, saw this article a couple of days ago, and they were listening. You know what I mean? The Switch listens. Well, hopefully not, you know, too closely. I don't want them <laughs> listening on everything, but <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, man, that's man. I'm very excited. I'm not gonna lie. I like collecting too, but. I, saw, I went online and I saw everybody's islands. They're five-star islands. And I'm like, yo, my island is whack. I need to get my island stuff <laughs> up. So I feel like I need to complete my island some more first before I jump in the water. But, hey, man, who cares? I'm going to jump in that water. I'm going to dive. I'm going to breaststroke, backstroke. It's just freestyle swim, doggy paddle. Every technique of swimming you could think of, I'm doing it. I'm going to have the custom goggles on. I'm going to dive down there. I'm going to. Get some shells, gold, sunken treasure. Hopefully, I don't run into any sharks. That's my only fear. Um, and I could definitely... I'm, I'm excited to see some more about Gulliver. Because all he does is wash up on my shores and make a lot of nonsense. So, right. Like, every, every, time, like he, every time he does that... Um, every time he does that, I try to, like, talk to him. And it's just, like, a waste of my, my five seconds. You know, nothing happened. So, I'm glad they're doing more with him. Because I don't see the point right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, every time you talk to him, yeah, you got to do the whole thing where you got to find his radio communicator parts. So, you know, right. he, he's he all he does is give you work. Pretty and much. honestly, yeah, exactly. I haven't really enjoyed any of his presence yet. So, you know, his, his yeah, presence me to me, yeah, like, they haven't been really great. Right. And by the way, Tom Nook is a crook. <laughs> 50,000 bells every time you got to move something? 50,000? <laughs> Every time hey, yo, you add on to your house, yo. that's like another hundred thousand, two hundred thousand the next time. This Get guy your is money a crook, up, bro. No, nah, I mean, I, I think I'm on. I think I did. I did my third expansion, and it's like five hundred thousand dollars. So I gotta pay. That actually reminds me, I gotta pay. I think I have enough money now. So I gotta go ahead and pay and empty my bank account. You know what I mean? But get your money up, John. Okay, get your money up. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get my turnip price thing on point so you know right. get my money up for real right same here man same you here. need to get your island but, up <laughs> nah man i'm getting my collection up bro that's my way of life on my island man but uh before we wrap this one up there's also another update that's planned for august so definitely stay tuned for that so this is just wave one of the summer update so i guess wow. the second wave is coming in august um yeah no covid you know what i mean so that was that for Animal Crossing, man. So up next, uh, we have maybe even have even more video game news. Uh, Cyberpunk 20, 2077 dropped a trailer a couple days ago, and I know John has got to be excited, man. That's that's it, that's his shit. I haven't played the game yet, but the, I was looking at the trailer and like like the visuals are just stunning, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so stunning. So, so, so stunning, man. So, <sighs> November 19th cannot come quickly enough, man. 
I'm very excited, man. You know, that's a whole new world to dive into. You know, The Witcher 3, the makers, I think some of the same makers were on Cyberpunk. I think maybe the exact same makers. I need to research that again. But, you know, one of the characters in The Witcher 3 actually alluded to being transferred into the world of Cyberpunk. So there's right. kind of like a connection there. So people are actually hoping they see that 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 uh, Witcher 3 character in Cyberpunk, perhaps you know roaming through the world and meeting new people so it's you know the witcher 3 was a huge world and it was excellent fighting and uh, you know so I, I checked that game out too but you know since it's related to cyberpunk 2077 you know i think that you know the same makers so you know it's the same quality same level of detail right I, I can't wait to jump into this new world which is far more futuristic you know no swords or anything like that where you know it's a cyberpunk world you know, so you're basically like a cyborg yourself. So it's that's kind of a dope concept that I've never really explored in any video game. So I'm just really excited for it. And they just keep giving you new trailers with new content, new abilities, new characters, new areas you can explore. So just keep you just salivating, man. Right, right. You know what I mean? Keep you interested, keep you hooked. So I'm ready. Dope, dope, dope. But yeah, man, so that everything I see from this game, it just looks cleaner and cleaner uh man this looks great man so excited for that um just more i mean obviously i don't think this one is i don't think this one is just ps4 but i'm just ex- i'm excited you know another game to add to the ps4 and maybe even uh, maybe even for the ps5 man so for everybody that's excited i get it now um i think this is the last thing for video game news this is kind of video games and movie news but Fortnite live streamed three Christopher Nolan movies for free last night. Uh, that would be Friday, uh, June 26th, right? Friday, June 26th. They basically played Nolan's Inception. They played Inception. Uh, and of course, my computer would betray me. But yeah, they played Inception. And I believe one of the couple of the bad movies on Fortnite. And I, I brought this up because I, I thought it was interesting what Fortnite is doing. We saw a couple months ago they had that Travis Scott concert on there. And I just find it intriguing what they what they're doing. They're basically mixing a lot of you know different media with with the video game, with with the video game environment. And uh, I guess the video game what's the word? Regulars in the Fortnite world. So I don't know. I, I just found that interesting, and I guess I'm I'm wondering what the point is. If the point is to get more people to come to the Fortnite world and get hooked, or if the plan is just to diversify or even get the Fortnite regulars to stay longer and for more reasons. So I don't know. I found that interesting. It's definitely a cool concept, and yeah, I just thought it was cool, man. I have not played Fortnite once. And maybe I should check it out if they're streaming all these movies, man. Right. You know, because I love Christopher Nolan. I love all the Batman movies. And um, Fortnite is like the new Halo. You know, everybody's, uh, you know, like how everybody used to be on Halo in the computer labs, everything. <laughs> right. It was, right. A, it was an entire Halo nation. Right. People killing each other every day and night. Well, you know, Fortnite basically took its place, kind of. So, you know. Maybe I should check it out one day and um, watch some Christopher Nolan films as well. 
Yeah, I think that would be the only time I would get on Fortnite. It's just not for me. Like my nephews love that thing. They they love that thing. So shout out to them. Um, and I found the other movies that he played. He played Inception, The Prestige, and Batman Begins. But it just differed based on where you were in the world, which movies he played. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Definitely uh something to 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 keep looking at because apparently every couple of months you see Fortnite doing more and more and more with their platform. So definitely something to keep your eyes on if, if you're interested in how these different formats are intermingling, how entertainment is kind of evolving right before our eyes. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, All right. All right. Now moving on to more like movie and TV news. Uh, Atlanta star Lakeith Stanfield and the Boondocks co-director LaShawn Thomas. I, I know JG excited. They're teaming up for a Netflix Original anime on Yasuke, the, an African ronin in feudal Japan. Um, so I know JG is excited. I'm excited too. Uh, we love the Boondocks, and who doesn't rock with Lakeith Sandfield? He's been Atlanta. He's been in the Photograph. He's been in Uncut Gems. He's been in um, the NWA documentary as Snoop Dogg. He, he's he he's a really good actor. Obviously, he plays a lot of different roles and and does an excellent job. Then you have the co-director of Boondocks, who we know had beautiful animation, whether it was fighting, just a slice of life animation. And yeah, man, this is going to be this going to be cool, man. Talking about the historical figure, Yasuke, a famous African ronin in feudal Japan. And then apparently they're going to mix in some, you know, even not not just (laughs) realism, but they're going to mix in some magic and some mech. So it's going to be interesting, man. That's very interesting, man. That's super interesting. It's kind of like Samurai Jack, where, you know, you're dealing with a character that's like 16th century or something like that. Swords, katanas, all that stuff. You know, old traditional clothing. But then there's also like a super futuristic element to it. So now you got mechs in there, too. And, you know, I love magic. So I'm ready. You know, LaShawn Thomas is also, he was also a storyboard artist on The Legend of Korra. So I mean he's he's uh, legendary. Okay, okay. He's, I didn't know just, that. He is legendary, man. His his work speaks for itself. He's just out of this world. So and I'm really excited for it. Yasuke was a real samurai. Apparently, I think he came from Mozambique, and uh, traveling with uh, some Jesuit missionaries to Japan. And uh, at first, I think he was just in servitude, but then eventually he rose to rose up the ranks to become an actual full fledged samurai. So Japan has a very interesting uh, history with black samurais. I think it's it's actually a uh, a saying that they said about the samurais that you have to have like a bit of black blood to be brave. I think that's like a Japanese um what's the word for it? Like a saying. A, it's like a saying. There's like another fancy word for it. But yeah, we'll just stick with saying. Right. <laughs> so it's like a saying. There's also another character that I believe was possibly an African samurai, Sakanuye Tamumaro. He's a uh, like Japan Japan's first shogun, and every time I look up his name, it always says that he's the first black African shogun of Japan, and like okay. a warlord or something like that. So you might want right. to check that name out, look up that history as well, and let me know what you see. But yeah, man, that's this is a great story. You know, it's a character that no one really knows of, so we're bringing you know bringing him to the forefront, shedding some light on his story, and you know you got mechs and magic. So, I mean, Gundam, I mean, who doesn't love Gundam? Uh, who doesn't right. love magic? So, <laughs> right. you're mixing all of that stuff together into one show with, you know, one of the best 
animation artist in the world and one of the best actors in the world coming to Netflix. Man, Netflix is ridiculous. Yeah, man, Netflix has been on a tear and 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 they're keep going and they're keeping on, man. So basically, um, the story is gonna follow Yasuke in feudal Japan as he's charged with the task of protecting a mysterious child who's threatened by dark forces. So, yeah, man. So basically, it's gonna ask the question like, who is this child? What what are these dark dark forces? And just how do you somehow have mechs in feudal Japan? You know, will will hopefully be answered. So definitely something exciting to to look forward to. I know it's been in the works for a year or two. Um, because there was definitely some mention of it a year or two ago. Actually, no, in 2018. So it's been in the works, man. So it seems like a nice collaboration. Dope people all around the project. So definitely excited about about that, man. Um super yeah. excited. Hell yeah, man. So yeah, man, like that, man. I, I just can't, I just can't wait, man. I, I think, I think it will be a really, 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 really good thing, man. So I, I love seeing black characters in anime and, and having the blacks, black stories kind of emphasized. So I'm truly, truly excited about that one, man. Um, up next we have there's actually a rumor, um, in the Star Wars universe that the Clone Wars might have a spin-off series, but it's gonna be focused on the Bad Batch. Um, if you haven't caught up to Clone Wars, probably like JG, you know what I mean? He disgusts me. Yeah, I got a lot to do, a lot of what, a lot to watch. Man, I can't, I can't believe this. I mean, I know, I know we talk about million stuff every week, so I can't talk too much. I'm having that same issue, but in uh, season seven of Clone Wars, the Bad Batch was a group of clones who was like super highly skilled. They were way more individualistic than the rest of the clones, you know, who, despite having their own individuality, they were still, you know, more in lockstep with the program. And so there's a rumor that they're going to get their own show. And based off of what we saw in season seven, not going to spoil it, but with the personalities and the weaponry and the type of like high stakes missions, the Bad Batch were deployed for during the Clone Wars. It could be really exciting, man. So definitely something cool to look forward to, especially if you're a Star Wars person or Star Wars fan, man. So apparently uh if it's the, i guess the rumor is it'll take place after the siege of mandalore so that could be oh man that that that, that could be really good because even in season seven you saw a particular character i won't give it away but a particular character joined the bad batch um before the season concluded so people are saying that you know that could be it could it could be um basically like a backdoor pilot for this new series kind of like hey let me show you guys about the bad batch get you guys more familiar because we're gonna bring them back so that's the rumor uh it, you know it could be completely bs but we'll see man i was excited uh at the possibility um but we'll see so if you're if you're a star wars fan there's more content coming out uh don't you fear and i'm pretty sure it's probably gonna be on disney plus yeah, man. So, like I said, uh, Clone Wars spinoff. I'm all for it, and let's see if it develops, man. So, looking forward to see if that that pops up. Um, now moving on to to, to JG's favorite favorite franchise. <laughs> you know what I mean? We talking to the Pokemon right here, Mister Pokemon right oh, here. Oh no, don't do that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, there's gonna be a new Pokemon series that fe- features. Well, I can't talk. Features 
Pikachu's life before Ash as Pichu. And I'm I'm just gonna be transparent here. I don't give a damn about right. this backstory. It it could be flames. Obviously, I ain't see it yet. But I figured I I wanted to hear John's words on this man because he's Mr. Pokemon in the flesh. So okay. I figured let me let me get his feedback because I'm just like <laughs> I get it. It could be cool, but it's not really not making me too excited. But I wanted to get your input. Um. Well, I don't know if I'm Pokemon man, but I do. I'm a man that likes Pokemon. But uh... Mr. Pokemon, not Pokemon. <laughs> Mr. Pokemon. Okay. All right. Well, um, I, I got to say, Joel, I'm not too interested in this either. But uh, Pete, you know that is an interesting little, you know, spin, because all you saw was Pikachu, and it, Pikachu comes from Kanto, the Kanto region. I don't even think Pichu is a, a Kanto region Pokemon. You know, we found out about Pichu in uh in Johto. You see so, why I call him? You see why I call him Mr. Pokemon? Oh Lord! I wasn't okay. even thinking about that. This is why I go to the Pokemon expert. He's this is our top Pokemon correspondent here oh, at no. <laughs> <laughs> the Nerds with Accents. You know what I mean? My guy, please continue. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mr. Pokemon. No problem, no problem, my student. But um, yeah, you know. Pikachu didn't evolve to Raichu, so I mean, it would be interesting to see how, you know, she somehow evolved from Pichu to Pikachu. Maybe there's a giant journey in there, because Pika- the Pikachu, Ash's Pikachu is at the the most powerful Pikachu ever. You know, this thing has to be like level 100 game-wise by now. All the regions he's been through. So, to learn Pikachu's backstory and how she ran into uh, Ash, that's probably going to be a five-episode deal. You know, I'm thinking maybe to, to make an entire three-season show out of it, I, I think that'd be a little silly. But um, that is a little interesting if you're a diehard Pokemon show watcher. So um, check it out if you want to see how Pichu learns Thundershock. At level <laughs> you see, you see how he knew the levels, too? I mean, I forgot, oh all, of those, I forgot all those things since 1999. But clearly, oh, shoot. GG's on it, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so apparently um in pokemon journeys the series premiere episode explores the lives of pete of both ash and pikachu prior and right up to their first meeting you know what i mean so it has a couple different storylines um following other trainers other future trainers and another following Ash, ash's pikachu as a pichu so I really just threw this in just to let John, you know, just just <laughs> dig himself into a hole and I succeeded. Oh man. You know what I mean? I succeeded. <laughs> it went just as planned. So thank you. Thank you, John, for for, for that for that laugh. <laughs> and thank you, Joel, for the pitfall trap. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh next up we have kind of like a follow-up story on what we talked about last week with Will Smith's emancipation film. Um uh, coming out apparently since then it's been a huge bidding war and last i checked uh right now the price is at 130 million man for studios to buy that uh from that production company that is creating uh emancipation so i don't know how much they've seen i'm not sure you know if it's just they're just excited because will smith and and fuqua uh, I think it's Antoine, Antoine Fuqua, two people who are been in the game, have been very successful, good at what they do. 
So they're having a, a bidding war between Warner Brothers, Apple, MGM, Lionsgate, and Universal over this for the dis- pardon me for the distribution rights to Emancipation. So yeah, man, we we gonna see, man. Again, it's about Will Smith as a runaway slave and forced to outwit hunters and the Louisiana swamp. So just wanted to give you guys a quick update because we did talk about that last week. And as you guys know, you know, we're excited for, for more films for, for black people in general. So some about these heroic people who, you know what I mean, fought back and es- escaped enslavement and, you know, just anything anything about the black story, you know, throughout the, 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 the black diaspora. So we'll see how that one turns out. Well, whoever uh, buys it, they're going to be, you know, very wealthy because that show, you know, that movie's going to pack out the theaters. You know, that's going to fill up yeah. chairs. Well, we're, we're, we're going to see distance and all. So, yeah. We're we're gonna see because a lot of people are down on Will Smith. You know that's a different conversation. I ha- that that takes more time. I I have feelings. You know what I mean. But a lot of people are down on Will Smith for reasons I don't think are fair. But it is what it is. So we'll see, man. Hopefully it does well. You know I hope you're right. But but we'll see. Okay. Um. But yep. Up next we have uh the Viking series. I believe it was from the History Channel that created a really good show. I think I watched like a season or two back before i went back to school so i definitely fell the hell off one of the many shows i have to get back onto but getting a spinoff called vikings valhalla on netflix so hey if you if, if you didn't have enough of it netflix is saying they have everything you know what i mean disney be damned hulu who you know what i mean like bruh they going ham. So basically, uh, history, the History Channel announced that season six ends the series, and then Netflix spinoff is gonna take you back to that universe once again. The show is gonna come out next year. They're not saying a specific date, but it's set a hundred years after the Vikings finale. So I guess it's gonna be a huge time jump, and it's gonna be a new group of characters living at the tail end of the Viking era. This is kind of making me want to go back and watch the show. Okay, it was a good show. It's an interesting era. We all know Vikings have been super popular the last, what, five, maybe five to eight years. Had a reemergence the last five to ten years. So, um, sounds yeah. good. I, I'm really excited. It's making me want to go back. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's another show that I definitely have to go back and watch. You know, I like the medieval stuff, swords, you know, I like that type of stuff. Right. And, you know, there have been a lot of Vikings and a lot of different shows. As of, you know, as of late, even anime shows have been covering Viking, you know, the Vikings. Right. So, um, and I did see a few episodes myself and it did seem to be a very good show, you know, just learning about that whole culture. So, yeah, I got to go back and watch that as well. You know, hopefully give me a little bit of, you know, Game of Thrones vibes, you know, right. satisfy right. my medieval hunger. No, I feel that, man, because even before we get to the next topic, um, the next story, I should say. I was rewatching The Wire, and I now I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to rewatch Game of Thrones. So I just wanted to let the, the listeners know, like, listener knows, I'm just shooting myself in the foot. You know, there's so many things to watch and catch up on, but damn it, I need to rewatch these legendary series. So we'll see if I fall off the wagon and backslide and, and go back to Game of Thrones, I'll definitely keep you all in the loop. But I'm mulling it over. So I say all that to say, I feel you on the need for, I guess, that medieval or or medieval slash fantasy type of um feeling. So. I'm with you on that. Just make oh. sure you have your wine ready for Game of Thrones. That's a wine show. All right. Go ahead. I would I like to disagree for, for for entertainment, but you're actually correct. 
So I, I, I will, I will def- definitely do that. Um, but, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> up next, back to John's favorite game, his, uh, his actual favorite game. Um, uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is an original anime series coming to Netflix in 2022. The story is set in Cyberpunk 2077 universe. So after you get your fill of that game completely for a year or so, boom. Cyberpunk Edge Runners is coming up behind it, and it's gonna be cool. It's, wow. It seems like it's gonna be a cool little thing, and it's like Netflix, bro. Huh? They 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 keeping their foot on everybody's neck, man. Definitely. So, just seeing the graphics from Cyberpunk, this could be a really good fit. I'm very curious to see to see how how they're going to go about doing this. Well, that's that's a good strategy. The game, then the show. I mean, what? Back to back, man. It's gonna be a cyberpunk world real soon, man. This game is gonna take the nation by storm. So I'm excited for this too. I haven't really looked into the alter altered altered carbon show. You need I mean, to. Well, it's I excellent. watched the show, but I haven't seen the anime. Oh, oh, okay. I got you. I got you. The show is excellent. Yeah, we talked about that, but the anime. Yeah, I haven't seen that. They have an anime for that one too. So, a lot of futuristic cyberpunkish right shows out there, even in anime. So, um, you know, check it out, man. Jump on the wave. Yeah, man. So we definitely have time. People like me, we if you like me, we have time to catch up and try to get what we need to be before that comes out. So, because again, that's coming out in 2022. Okay. And up next. Back to JG's company that he's allegedly gonna run. You know what I mean? Warner, <laughs> Warner Media. <laughs> so um by by popular demand, HBO Max has extended the availability of several DC movies through December 2020. Um and just so you have an idea of what that is. Uh the list includes Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, uh Justice League. Superman, Superman the movie 1978, Superman 2 1980, Superman 3, Superman 4, oh Superman God. Unbound, Watchmen, and I already said Wonder Woman. So it's going to be available from July 1st through December. So My eyes are hurting already. Nah, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm definitely not going back to watch the old stuff, but I am glad about that because I'm trying to expand not just watching so much Marvel, but some more DC. So I may watch Batman vs Superman just to kind of see if it's really as bad as I remember. I actually um, enjoyed it. I enjoyed Batman vs Superman. If you go back to one of my old posts on FB, you'll see. You oh, know, wow. I can't, and I, I'm not gonna recant that. I actually enjoyed it. I think the wow. critics were, I think the critics were a little too hard on that one. Oh wow, Mar- shout out to Martha, bro. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how wrong you were. You know what I mean, but. <laughs> but I, I i i plan to go back and watch guys i saw that in theaters and i i found it disjointed but um it was enjoyable and... they had the one scene where batman cleaned up like 10 dudes that was a that was a ben affleck that was a good job oh yeah no i'm not mad at ben affleck at all but i just think the movie wasn't that great but like i said i'm gonna rewatch it and maybe maybe uh we'll make a thing out of it you know what i mean um okay. Maybe another uh nerd roundtable type of vibes with all the nerds. So we'll see. But um yeah, man. So I'm actually kind of excited. Not excited, but I'm intrigued by this. I kind of want to go back and watch more of the DC stuff. Like, I already love Wonder Woman, but I want to rewatch Watchmen. I saw it a long time ago when it came out. We were in college. Um, 
and I want to rewatch Batman v Superman, especially with you know this new, especially <laughs> especially before they bring out the new Snyder cut. So I definitely want to watch that. And um, I actually didn't hate I didn't hate Justice League. It just wasn't great. It was just very 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 mediocre. So and very, obviously very, with a Snyder cut coming out for that, I have to rewatch that to kind of see which one was better. So. I'm not too mad at it, and, and in all honesty, nerd confession, I never watched Suicide Squad, and I never watched um, Aquaman, so definitely want to watch those, so here's your chance, man, if you get HBO, if you have HBO Max or you were thinking about it, here's more reasons to, to consider it, possibly. Yeah, I think um, Aquaman is one of the better ones out of the bunch, but yeah, I didn't see uh, Suicide Squad either, I was right. highly underwhelmed by the trailers and the yeah. entire concept of it. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, i'm i'm not against suicide squad the concept from the comic book but we'll see maybe it's not as bad as i think you know my expectations are so low i might actually enjoy it so who knows um and last but not least for what we what we're intrigued by pardon me in nerdery uh, margot robbie will reteam with birds of prey writer christina hodson for a new pirates of the caribbean movie so apparently she's gonna get like her own at least for now, like a standalone movie in that Pirates of the Caribbean world, which was a pretty interesting world. Um, and But the film is going to be separate from the upcoming reboot from Ted Elliott and Craig Mazin. So the way it looks like, it just seems like kind of like a one-off um, of, I guess, I, I mean, I would hope a, a woman pirate. I don't see well she would be the main star, but a woman pirate in the show and... In a movie part of me so I, i'm definitely intrigued i'm curious to see how it develops because that that universe was interesting had some really good graphics some good like fantastical elements with like you know davy jones and um i'm not mad at it and also margarovi is fine as hell so obviously i'm okay with it <laughs> okay so, okay I thought, I thought that was cool but that those are definitely a good list of positives you know and right. Pirates of the Caribbean definitely had a good long run, you know, some good movies. Right. But uh, it's, it's kind of getting like Fast and Furious now, you know. I, I think that's enough. But uh, I, I got to take a look at this and see what they're doing differently with it. Because one of the biggest things about Pirates of the Caribbean is Captain Jack Black, you know, Black Jack Sparrow. That's one of the biggest draws to that movie. People love that character. So you cut him out of the mix, you know, how, how are the movies in the fair now? So I got to take a look and see, man. But I'm getting some Fast and Furious vibes now. This is a lot of movies, bro. No, yeah, definitely some good things coming out. Obviously, with all the COVID stuff, we'll see how it plays out and what actually is in theaters and what actually is just going to be on on demand. But uh, good stuff nonetheless, man. So that was it for what intrigues us in Nerdery. And now it's time for my favorite segment absurd nerdery aka never go full nerd man so usually i introduce this but i know jg is just brimming with excitement you know this is the type of nerdery that jg lives for you know what i mean so i'm just gonna tee it up and let him go well i don't know if i'm bringing with excitement or if i'm bringing <laughs> with uh fear fear <laughs> yeah. And there's a $70 million sci-fi movie coming out. And one of the lead actors or actresses, pardon me, or just actors, uh, is an artificially intelligent robot. An AI robot model is playing in a movie 
the Japanese creators of the robot literally taught the robot how to act, understand human speech and behavior and react. All right, let, let that let that marinate for a second. You're about to see an AI robot doing assuming a human occupation. And a human occupation that requires a lot of human elements such as, you know, emotions, right, expression, and social skills. You know, that's that's a huge leap in technology and just that's something you've never seen before. Well, you have seen it in the movies. And they say that they use movies to try and prepare you to see these things. So, for some, maybe it's just a natural time progression. But to me, it blew my mind. You know, that's crazy to even read and think that that's possible within a few years, you know, within grasp. I forgot which year it's coming out, but that's insane. Go ahead, Joel. Flesh it out for me. Go ahead and... Nah, I mean, no, you're good, man. I mean, like... Bro, I, I saw I saw iRobot, you know what I mean? So the rest of y'all could act like this is perfectly normal, you know, but but the apparently the name of the robot is Erica and I mean Erica is coming for y'all, you know what I mean? First she's coming for y'all jobs in the acting world, then she's coming for y'all lives, you know what I mean? It's just a matter of time. It's a slippery slope, okay? And for you guys paying attention at home, I've been saying that often because it is, it's a goddamn slippery slope. And it's only a matter of time for Erica and her her cohorts are taking over the planet, man. So before everything goes before everything goes nuts and, and, and goes sideways, remember that Joe told you guys first. You know what I mean? I tried to help y'all. You know what I mean? So when you when you have Erica and her fellow robots at your front door kicking it down, you know what I mean? Kicking down your front door with a 4-4, just remember Joe tried to warn you, but you didn't listen. Remember right. that. They've already filmed some of her scenes in 2019. But I think they're going to shoot the rest of the scenes in 2021. So, yeah, you're about to see uh, my AI robot on the big screen very soon. And, you know, these Japanese creators and developers, they went full nerd. Right, and I hope it doesn't come back to uh, bite them. Whatever robots do, I don't know, shock you, shock you. <laughs> you know, know, just break your bones, you know, because they're, you know, they're metal and they're super strong, you know. Whatever it is, you know, <laughs> you can watch whatever movie you like. You can watch iRobot. You can watch Terminator, your choice. You know, have fun and learn the many ways they're gonna break your bones and end your life. You know what I mean? So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. So that that was absurd nerdery. I never go full nerd as the you know as Hollywood goes full nerd and ignores everything we learn from every sci-fi film and fantasy film ever. Um, so that was absurd nerdery. And as you guys know, I like to close you guys out with words of wisdom. Um, this one comes from uh dallas rap laureate mo three all right <clears throat> clear my throat for his wisdom about to drop on you guys it's been a long long time coming but i know i know to keep my gun <laughs> never leave the house without my strap i'ma keep that niggas out talking that flap we gonna sweep that yeah we gonna sweep time. Yeah, man. So uh I think you guys with the bars, you know what I mean? Shout out to my guy Mo3 from Dallas, you know, Dallas Rap Laureate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, shout out to Mo3, man. 
Words of uh-huh. the wise right there. Right, you know what I mean? So you guys are welcome, man. I'll be digging up these gems for you guys, man. Digging up diamonds just to hand it to you guys. I don't keep them for myself, you know? I enrich your lives. Very relatable. Yeah, this way it is, you know what I mean? So shout out to Mo3, shout out to JG, you know, shout out to me, man. So hope you guys enjoyed the show. And as I say in the intro, you can check us out on Facebook's On The Nerds With Accents podcast or search it. We'll come up. We have all our posts and some different interactions, all the good stuff. If you want to give us feedback, you can write us directly at thenerdswithaccents at gmail.com. And personally, for me, as of late, I've been on Twitter a lot. Um, it's going to remain that way, having a good time talking with a lot of people interacting. You can check me out. Just search uh, VI underscore otaku. That's VI like Virgin Islands underscore otaku. O-T-A-K-U. So chat with me. And obviously, I'll, I'll have my socials and John's socials and the show's socials in the show notes, man. So, show went a little bit long, but we had a good time. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.